Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Backmarkers F1 show. It's been quite the layoff that we've had. It's been uh, a good couple of months. We are very happy to be back on YouTube online doing the podcast. This is, of course, our first podcast since um, the uh, the whole lockdown situation. And of course, the first race being back. Just a quick reminder that our podcast is sponsored by the GPBox.com. We got all the links down below. The promo codes are still active and still available from when we first started this back in March. So check out those links below if you guys want some cool F1 memorabilia, posters, carbon fiber rings, Mercedes phone cases, whatever you need, the GP box has got you covered. So we thank them for that. Chris Cato here alongside Tyler Shaker. Good to have you guys back. Nice to be back. It's, uh, I didn't recognize who you guys were. Uh, to be honest, but uh, yeah, our voices sound different in real life compared to over the computer. Yeah, and that's the Zoom right. Calls yeah, and, yeah. yeah is, it, is it the hair? Is that it? Might be it the away? hair. Yeah. I just chopped my my quarantine hair off, so it kind of yeah, light yeah. now. I need it to be done, man. Yeah. It just yeah, it did need to be done. But yeah, no, it's great to be back here in the studio, and uh, we're excited to have F one back. What a race! We we waited two hundred and seventeen days to get a race back, and uh, what a race we got. We do, like we deserve that race. Yeah, it was well worth the wait. It kind of like all the frustrations that we had with not being able to watch any live sports and, and live Formula One. It all sort of paid it back because I, I really think that race had just about everything. Yeah, it did. I think they said it had the most retirements. Like it beat last year's uh, rec- record in terms for of for Germany. I think yeah. Germany had like eight. I think I, I think, think they were even not. saying four. Was it like only Germany four? only had four. Well, really? Yeah, I thought four it was or five. so much more. Were you wow. saying okay. it, it like beat the whole thing for the whole season? Or oh, maybe. I think maybe uh, Crofty was saying that. Maybe I could be wrong, but it was a lot. Yeah. I mean, uh, was it 11 out of 20 cars uh, ended up finishing only? That's right. Yeah. Nicholas Latifi almost walked his way leisurely <laughs> to, <laughs> a, uh, to a points finish in his F1 debut. And not to take anything away from him. I mean, that's, t- that's going to be tough for him. To come in and and do your F1 debut like that on such hard circumstance with everything going on, uh, a tricky track in Austria as well. For sure, yeah, uh, you haven't been in the car in three months, and uh, you know he comes in and I I thought he did very well to be uh, to be honest for uh, a rookie coming into his first ever Formula One race. I did. I agree with you, and uh, you know some people have given him a, a hard time, but uh, I think. For his first race, like you said, he had a kind of a scruffy weekend, couple yeah. of spins and crashes, not too much damage, but still knocked the front wing. I think it was in P3. Yeah. But when you look at the pace numbers, like he was only, I think after the second safety car, when uh, Williams didn't double stack, he kind of got left out there in the back and then he mm-hmm. wasn't able to catch up before the green flag. But then after when things got going, he was only 0.1 seconds off of Russell's time and he was actually faster than Grosjean, who was ahead of him. So... I mean, good sign for Williams, first of all, that the pace is there. Um, you know, in qualifying as well, Russell was P17 and was only, I think, uh, seven hundredths of a second off of Q2. Yeah, something um, like that. Latifi was a little farther behind, six tenths off of Grosjean's time, but not like massive. Well, even every lap he did in Q1, he improved dramatically. He was just feeling more and more comfortable and confident, mm-hmm. you could tell. So uh, that comes with time. I mean, you know, yeah. you know you, yeah. you're either a good qualifier or you're not, it seems like. And, uh, Latifi just has to get some more time under his belt, I think. Yeah, I think, like you said, his time will come, and it might take him one or two races. But uh, I think that we're all going to be seeing improvement when we 
come. Well, I guess we're not going back to Austria when we stay in Austria. Stay, yeah, that's right. For the Styrian Grand Prix in a couple of days' time, I think we'll see some improvements for him. But it's just cool to see him. Like, obviously, we're a little bit biased just because we talked to him earlier in the it's year, true. so he's kind of a favorite of ours. Yeah, if you haven't checked that out, make sure you check out our. Uh, it was a, almost like a, a season preview uh, call with with <laughs> it was Latifi. Supposed to be. It was supposed <laughs> to be uh, about four months, three or four months ago now. But if you haven't checked that out, it's a great uh, fifteen. 20, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 yeah, minutes we got conver- some good time. Yeah, conversation with Nicholas uh, about his feelings of going into F1, so make sure you check that out uh, on the channel. Yeah, overall, though, I think uh, Williams can be pretty satisfied with themselves, and even though like at times they were looking like they were going to finish last, like they weren't getting lapped yeah. by the whole field. They weren't 20 seconds off of you know the Alfa Romeos ahead of them. They were right there. I mean, when uh, Kvyat had his suspension failure, Latifi was right, right behind him on That's the gearbox, right. so... I think that Williams aren't going to be as bad as they were last year. So had Russell not had the retirement, he would have probably finished P8. Yeah, about there. I'd say so. So, uh, And you know what? Russell still hasn't had a point in F1. So Crazy, right? Which is crazy. But he, he, he might get one this year, the way uh, Williams is going. And if we have... I mean, who knows what's going to happen for this weekend's race coming up because we had so many retirements. Like, Are the teams going to fix their ride height? Is Are they going to fix... Uh, maybe the durability of their suspension and give up some performance to like, who knows what they're going to do. It'll be very interesting. I think it's going to be adjust the different adjustments for different teams. Yeah. Because I think every team probably put out a different uh, setup for themselves for, for this race. And I think uh, going into it now, they're probably going to change some stuff around depending on how it played out for them with uh, each, each car for sure. Yeah. And, and this is a hard track to stay off the curbs. Like we'll go down the reliability kind of topic because it is a big discussion after this race. But Spielberg or the Red Bull Ring, it's a t- it's a difficult track to avoid the curves because you need to use the curbs to gain lap time. So I mean, at one point, Mercedes were told just to stay off the curbs completely, which is pretty difficult to do, especially in the last sector. But it's going to be interesting to see come qualifying when obviously they're pushing and they have to ride those curbs pretty aggressively whether or not they're going to be able to do that. So, um, yeah, we were just talking before we got on air just about the reliability of how crazy it was, how many cars not finishing. But it's also going to have a huge effect on the championship now because, like you said, we have no idea how many races we're going to get. We have eight scheduled right now. We don't even know if we'll get through all those eight because who knows what kind of crazy restrictions we could get again come September by the time we hit you know Italy and, and those races. So we could end up with only eight races. We could probably get maybe a maximum of 15. So if you look at somebody like Verstappen, for example, him DNFing in the first race, that's a huge blow to the championship. Well, technically, Verstappen isn't even classified as competing in F1 this season because you have to compete a certain amount of laps to be classified in the race. And um, I believe only 13 of the drivers are technically classified as competing in this year's Formula One World Championship. And out of the teams, Haas is the only one that is not classified. If you look on the standings on the F1 website, Haas is even on there because they didn't complete uh, enough laps or whatever with their two cars. So uh, it shows you how much that that goes into the actual, um, you know, meaning of yeah. of these standings i mean haas is even on there red bull is technically last and ninth williams is even ahead of them yeah in eighth yeah and uh it, it's very interesting how they have so if you go to if you're curious yourselves you can go to your driver standings or your constructor standings and see but uh they're not classified so for stuff it hasn't even raced technically yeah yeah i guess because uh, well, haas had the double brake issue yeah um so they didn't really run that much laps oh, i yeah. know yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're not hilarious. Even <laughs> um, I believe uh, Gunther Steiner was saying that uh, they weren't expecting 
that brake temperature issue to be that big of an issue, which means that they knew it would be an issue, right? Uh, but didn't know it'd be you know that big of an issue. So we'll see if they fix that for this weekend's race coming up. Um, but uh, interesting. I mean, Haas, Gene Haas is very committed to F1, um, but you have to think from a business point as well that you know they need to have a good performance this year because Gene Haas. Uh, also owns or partially owns a, a NASCAR uh, team uh, with uh, Tony Stewart. It's called Stewart Haas Racing, and uh, they they're one of the better teams in NASCAR. They uh, in their last race, which was the Brickyard 400. If you don't know where that is, that's at where the Indianapolis 500 takes place. Um, I believe they had four cars in the top five, or sorry, three cars in the top five that they finished with. Uh, which is very impressive. Um, they had a great weekend. So this Gene Haas knows how to win. He can produce good cars. It's uh, it's just a matter of, of getting his F1 program together uh, after a c- tough couple of years. Yeah. I, I just find it surprising that Haas didn't think it would be that big of an issue when Mercedes like struggled on this track last yeah. year for the same issue last year. You know, you figured every team would try to adjust to the circumstances they dealt with. I know, I know the temperatures were a lot higher than they were expecting. Um but I think uh, a lot has to go into it for the fact that, you know, they kind of build up to Austria for like the later for, for these type of races, the weather they're expecting to be a little bit hotter. So I think maybe them not expecting this to be the first race of the year, they probably tested out so many different circumstances that would have been for the first two or three races rather than, you know, ha- something that would have been halfway through the season. Yeah, that had to be a factor because they don't have to deal with this kind of heat in Australia and China. Sure, yeah. So, but it's still, I just find that it was still a little bit weird that so many cars feel like when we look at, uh, we just talked about the Kvyat suspension issue. I know that there was some contact there with Ocon that I didn't see on the broadcast, but I know that, uh, came out afterwards, but still like to see so many failures, we don't really get that yeah. that often. And how many times do we see a tire blowout last year? Yeah. Not, and we, not, not, often. not often we saw we saw two in a race in the first race of the year right yeah so. um and you're talking about Kvyat's issue there with Ocon I mean they didn't even technically make contact I was watching the video and Ocon really just didn't leave him space in a way and Kvyat had to go on to the rumble strips and I think that's what caused the puncture yeah mm. I think Kvyat had to pull back and I think that maybe just the cause with the break and the rumble probably caused the issue yeah but we could see more of that again because you know, we're a couple of days out from the Styrian race and they're probably not going to be able to solve all those issues. Like Mercedes says that they're not going to be able to really solve the gearbox slash sensor issues till uh, this Sunday. Um, so they might have to be conservative with the way that they're going to run the race and everything. So with such a short amount of time in between the races, I mean, we're opening up with the triple header. Yeah. There's not many time to fly in spare parts. Obviously the travel things is a whole nother question. So it could be very interesting, but reliability is a big thing, right? I mean, even in a 22 race calendar, DNFing in one race, maybe you can afford one, maybe two, but you can't really afford any now in this season. You don't see it. We haven't seen it for a long time of having you know, two races at the same track in one year, let alone back to back. So for these teams, it'll be interesting to see how they learn and adjust from this weekend. Mm-hmm. And convert it to next weekend as well, because, you know, a lot of these teams don't get, you know, usually you don't get the only real time you get real good quality time out of track is Barcelona during preseason testing. Um, and, yeah, you know, everyone always does their thing there. They know their setup. So now everyone's going to know their setup for our, for the Syrian Grand Prix right. uh, at the same track. And we'll see how they do. Yeah, I put the question on Twitter. Will the race be more or less exciting now that we've had all this running? 
because we've got all a bunch of data, obviously, from, you know, three pra- practice sessions qualifying and then the race. So will it be less exciting now that we know more info or will it be equally as exciting or even more exciting? I think Austria always in some way provides an exciting race. I think it will still be exciting, but in a different way. I think the excitement of this one was we saw so many DNFs and we didn't know what the results were going to be in the end. And I think that's where the excitement from personally for me came in. I did I didn't know what was going to happen last 15 laps. Like it was just all over the place. We got so many safety cars. And I think uh, like last year, we had a great excitement with Max and uh, Max and Charles. I think maybe next week we'll probably get uh, some different sort of excitement from from Austria. Yeah, I, uh, personally, I think that you make a good point of it being exciting for different reasons. For sure, um, I, I think that maybe the excitement will be something that you know I can guarantee one thing: we're not going to see as many DNFs as we for did sure. last. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I hope not. I guess yeah. I shouldn't guarantee that, but uh, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, it's, it is going to be different in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, Mercedes, are they going to, knowing that they have a pace advantage, do they just manage the gap more and be more consistent rather than, um, you know, having to push as much as they do? And he, maybe you'll see team motors where, you know, Bottas won this race. You know, Hamilton will now lead the steering Grand Prix and Bottas won't be allowed to pass. So yeah, that could be something to play into factor as well. Yeah, teams maybe go a little bit more aggressive on strategy now that they have an idea of how the tires are lasting. Um, and then I think, depending on how the weather's like next week, we could see completely different results. You, you know? could, so yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what Ferrari does because they were a lot better on those medium tires than they were on the softs. They were awful on the softs. So maybe they, you know, they make a strategy call where they come in early and put on hards or mediums because knowing that they're better on a harder tire. Yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> well, should we get into Ferrari then? Oh, well, we can. Because we were, you were just talking about the breaking, well, I guess breaking news that, uh, which you were yeah. saying doesn't happen very often. We usually get it after we record know, an episode. It was great. It happened four minutes <laughs> before we started. Yeah, which is I have a new season, I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the breaking news that we got is Ferrari is bringing a big update ahead of schedule for this weekend's Styrian Grand Prix. Did I say that right? I keep trying I to say correct. I keep trying to say Syrian. Syrian. <laughs> and like we're not racing in Syria. No, Styrian, we're not. Uh, Grand Prix. And what it's going to happen is, uh, pardon me, I'm going to be reading this off the F1 website to get uh, full on quotes for everyone. Uh, this update was set to break in round three in Hungary, but uh, Ferrari announced that they'd be bringing it forward one week and bring it to this weekend's race. Um in a statement, Ferrari said the SF1000 didn't measure up even compared to expectations ahead of the event, which is very <laughs> interesting because that means that... Thanks, Shaker. Shaker's pulled up on our monitor here. This we haven't monitored. This is new. <laughs> this, is, this is new, and I'm trying to get used to it. I'm not reading off my phone. Uh, that point's very interesting because that means that they knew their car wasn't going to be good going to this race, and they weren't happy. Um, so, yeah. So, this is in hope of bringing forward to next weekend the introduction of the aerodynamic pack. This is so Italianly wrote. The introduction of the aerodynamic package scheduled for the Hungarian Grand Prix. So we, or at least some of its components. So it might not be the full upgrade, but they're bringing some of their major components that they're supposed to bring. And it's all going to be aero designed, which means that, you know, hopefully they can be a little better in, cor- in the corners. We can show you, we're going to show you a little vi- a video. Yeah. And, uh, actually, we'll show you right now. This is Sebastian Vell. This is very interesting. In turns four and six uh, during this race, watch this snap oversteer. That, not that, that's him riding on the curbs. Looks normal. This is courtesy of F1 TV. Watch the snap oversteer that he gets uh, in, in turns four and turn six. So here is his big lockup, which had nothing to do with the snap oversteer, I would believe. 
And then going into this turn here, coming up, you see him under braking, not touching any curbs. Boom, one during his turn in, Snap Overseer caught it very well. Turn five here, and then going to turn six. Boom, another Snap Oversteer right at turn in, which is very interesting to see. So is that something that has to do with the aerodynamic package that they're running, or is that uh, setup-wise, is that something wrong with the SF-1000? And Seb did very well to catch it, but it could make a lot of sense of why their pace was so bad. And that's just one lap, too. Yeah, it's just one lap. So kudos to Vettel for, um, for catching that car a few times. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how much these upgrades help the Ferrari. Yeah, well, I think it's definitely the aerodynamic flaw. That's the problem. Um, I mean, Leclerc, yeah, he drove an excellent race. Obviously, he was fortunate with all the retirements and everything. But, I mean, the car is just god-awful. It's, it's, they're the sixth best team right now. Yeah, they are. And as I mentioned, they, they knew it was going to be not a good car. Um, so... Not only were they not sandbagging, they put like a couple extra bags of cement on yeah, the car. Right. <laughs> maybe, like, they, maybe they're sandbagging for this weekend. Oh, yeah. You know, they're like, uh, yeah, we've got them right wherever we want them. That's right. Hey, they still got a podium, so it worked out all right. True, true. Yeah. We're, That's not not the worst start, I guess, in the world. But no. Um, yeah, they're they're absolutely atrocious. Like, just go back to qualifying and both cars barely almost didn't make Q3. I mean, Vettel obviously Vettel didn't make didn't. Q3, but Leclerc was close to being knocked out as well. So... Even uh, Leclerc, uh, he said, this is crazy. He's like, you're P9 or whatever, or P10. He's like, this is crazy. Yeah, because you know? like, uh, F1 put out the statistics, like 2019 comparison versus 2020, and the gains made in Ferrari are like a second slower than last year. <laughs> Engine. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty clear, right? Because when you look at all the Ferrari customer engines too, not one single one, except uh, Giovinazzi finished in the top 10. Um, but again, when it came to qualifying, they were nowhere. And this is a circuit that's pretty power dependent as well, yeah. with long straights, DRS zones. Now their engine sounds a lot different than what it did to last year. If you go on there on board, uh, which is interesting, uh, but it was the most reliable engine out of all the, all the four engine manufacturers. So there's that to be a positive about. Right, we don't have that much power, then you don't have well, to put true. that much strain on it. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, th that's a big problem, and uh, I think it's pretty clear now that the whole FIA engine directive and that shady backdoor deal that was made to not reveal what happened really revealed that Ferrari was running some sort of an illegal engine through 2019, maybe even before 2019. But in the end, it doesn't matter. They didn't win a championship. So it's a wash. That's well, in my opinion. Well, and, and to be honest, that's probably why they don't want it to become public because how embarrassing is that? Yeah. Yeah. Because how embarrassing is this? Ferrari that gets veto power, all the prize money, not to mention just how much money Ferrari has in general, and you produce a dog shit of a car that's a second slower than it was last year. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have been a different story if it was Mercedes that was doing the illegal engine. You know, for sure, like they, it would have been a completely. It would have rewritten the last se six or seven years of F1. Right. So yeah. I think I think you're right. I think it's completely different that they didn't they didn't win anything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is uh, Carlos Sainz uh, rethinking his decision now? Well, I don't know. He punt. Well, he didn't really punt, but uh, Vettel seemed to be pretty angry at him. He was like, well, let's throw the clips since we're on the topic of science. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, of course, this is an interesting clip with uh, Vettel making a uh, not-so-beautiful move on science and science saying, screw you, and sending Seb into a spin. But I mean, that's what it looked like at first, but you can see um, Seb was Big pretty out of control. Up, yeah. Come on, man. It was science's fault. <laughs> yeah. Turned in too late. No way. <laughs> uh, Seb, this is on board is good. Science was, or, sorry, 
Uh, Vettel was pretty oh, uh, yeah, out of that control. Was terrible. Well, he was losing the rear already when yeah. he was coming in, and yeah. then I think this was a br- I think it was a smart move on uh, for Signs to be honest. Just he did that early cut in to avoid hitting Max, and I mean, unfortunately, was that Max? Yeah, that no, that was Charlotte. Charlotte, Char- 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 yes, yeah, yeah. Charlotte. Uh, but yeah, no, it's definitely Seb's fault. Yeah. yeah. Well, but also shows where you know he's just really not comfortable with the car. Um, well, yeah, I think related back to that clip we just showed five minutes ago, and I'm sure his car was doing a little bit of the fit, a little, yeah. little bit of spinning out before it end too. So for sure, it's a, it's a difficult situation to be in. Yeah, it's funny that they came together though. The guy that's replacing him yeah. for next yeah. year is. But yeah. uh, again, keep in mind if you're science going to Ferrari, it's pretty much the same car next year. Yeah. yeah, they're not really going to be able to do much uh, difference with it, so I, I don't know. Um, anything, uh, anything else on Ferrari? Or is uh, good job on Charles for getting second. Yeah, I <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, know yeah, Charles did a pretty good job of being patient and uh, got some pace near the end of the race. I I think that was one of his best drives in terms of like in terms of matureness. I think yeah. that was one of his best drives. He just sat yeah. there. He waited it out. Didn't need to push any drivers. Didn't he, he just sat there in his position, you know, in fourth and fifth the entire time, and just waited for his opportunity at the yeah. uh, 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 at the very end. I think that was the, the most mature drive I've seen out of him in the uh, last two years. When he started overtaking guys, I was like, "Oh, shot, yeah. there he is! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoa, it's a race, oh. <laughs> right? <laughs> there he is." Yeah, it was good to see Ferrari battling with other midfield teams. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> where they will be this year anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, well, then moving off of Ferrari, uh, let's go to let's go to Lando Norris. We we're just talking about midfield teams, oh, Lando. and and McLaren at the moment aren't even a midfield team. They're second in the constructors' standings, but a very well done and congratulations to Lando Norris because he had a fantastic weekend. I mean, he stole the show on Saturday, in my opinion, qualifying fourth. We all thought the racing points would be best of the rest, fourth and fifth, and it turned out it was it was Norris. So put in a good lap there, and then come race day on Sunday, struggled a little bit, kind of in the early midpoint in the race. Yeah. But then at the end, just completely, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, I know it was. Lando uh, really used his eye racing off season uh, <laughs> to <laughs> skills. Uh, his skills, yeah, to uh, to get back uh, and stay fresh, I guess. But um, he raced phenomenally. It was very a mature drive from Lando, and um, that last lap. Uh, to get the fast slap of the race and get within the five seconds to get the podium was amazing. Like what a what a lap to put in, and uh, he is pretty impressive. Yeah, that that final lap it surprised Mer- it surprised everybody because I think he was five point eight behind, and I didn't think he was going to be able to do it. And I thought, Jesus, you know, Hamilton's going to get lucky again and stay on the podium. Yeah, and then yeah, just turned up the engine, put in the perfect lap. Um, but even his move on Perez, like when the camera just cut back to Norris in the middle of punting Perez off of the off of turn three and then making that move was great. Yeah. So I think that was a, a fine move as well. I don't think there was any issue there. Oh no, I don't yeah. think so either. Yeah. No, I think it was a it was a really good move. Um I called it Verstappen like, really. Yeah. Especially in the exact same corner. So no, but really good for him. And uh, he was the MVP of, of the whole lockdown situation, just providing us with uh, some good entertainment. Which he usually did anyway last year online, but the kid can race. Yeah. Yep. No, he really can. It was proven enough too. I mean, he was a rookie last year. Yeah. You know, he forget. He forget he was. So, um, so good for Lando, and I'm sure this is a a, a way of things to come because the McLaren looks very, very good, very stable, and um, see how science does as well. 
in that car. But uh, it'll be interesting to see McLaren's really making the moves. And you saw how relieved they were, like Zach Brown celebrating after the race, yeah. just like losing his mind. He was so happy. And the hug he gave Lando it was really nice to see. I was pretty happy for, yeah. uh, for McLaren. I love the uh, the clip that F1 put up of the the synced uh, the synced video clip of them in the garage and then Lando celebrating at the same time. It yeah. really shows yeah. you how much like how much team effort really goes in that win. And you know that win is for everybody as much as Lando is was celebrating by himself on the podium. They can't sh- spray champagne on each other right now, right? Uh, they did anyways. They did. Yeah, right, okay. Well, I wasn't too sure. I don't think why. I don't know why it's a, not an issue. It's yeah, just champagne. I, yeah. Could, oh, I guess, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Well, and I was just like, why not just have the podium where it usually is? Because you're not limited. You're not allowed in the stands or on the actual. You're only a track only. It's track and garage only right now. But the, wasn't the podium above where the uh, pit lane is? Yeah, the guess account on that is like a penthouse. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's not that awful where it is. No, it took a little while just to get it set yeah. up and going. I, I think. I mean, it is the first one. I think yeah. once they get, I mean, it's, you know, they're gonna have two week two two tries at every race they do. Almost, I was watching so. the F two races as well, and uh, they did, like they did the same thing. So I, I was, I guess, I was already used to it. Where if you just watched the F one race, you you weren't used to seeing. Yeah. No, like, I, I watched both F two races. And I thought they weren't gonna do it because they went to the interviews right away, and I was like, oh, are they just not doing a yeah? It was. At all? It was. Yeah, it definitely wasn't as big of a celebration. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, just can we uh, also Lando's champagne spray where he just like oh, banged it on yeah. the no when he banged it on the ground. Oh, I didn't see. I was that. like, I was just I thought he was gonna break it. I that's a that's Ricardo what he's move. Doing. Yeah, but it was it was sweet. It was really well done. He's got experience. Yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> he's oh no, it was Charles that went to Vegas with Ricardo. I was gonna say he's oh, oh, no. <laughs> maybe maybe Lando did too. They will be teammates next year. So. That's gonna be wild. It's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, good for him and Carlos Sainz too. Finished yeah. fifth. Which Great race. That kind of goes a little bit uh, under the radar. So yeah, McLaren got a handful of points. It's their second podium in three races. Yeah, think back to last fantastic. year, right? So yeah, it's great. And both happened when Albon got taken out by Hamilton. <laughs> right. Which... And both happened in a circumstance where they can't celebrate. On a regular podium. A regular regular podium. podium. <laughs> That's right. Should we get into the Hamilton album? Great segue. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> Should I want to show the clip first? Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll pull up yeah. the uh, the incident in question. Um, and then we'll let... Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody's seen it, but we'll, we'll watch it and then just kind of give our own commentary over it. I think all three of us are in agreement of, uh, of who was at fault in the incident. Sorry, I'm just trying to adjust audio here at the same time. As yeah, I do no this. problem. <laughs> no, no worries. You could probably even turn off the audio. I don't know yeah, if we uh, need good. it, but... Um, this is Albon and Hamilton's reaction. Yeah, I was saying that I thought Brazil was worse. So here it comes. Outside of turn four. Yeah. <laughs> And it mean, looks very familiar. <laughs> it, it, it is very familiar. At a little higher speed, I must say. Yeah. But Albon with better tires on the outside, making that move. He, you know, Ham- he was ahead here. Hamilton needs to give him that space. And uh, clash of wheels. Hamilton drove on. Albon was done. Mm. Um, I, I, I think this is slow, solely on Hamilton. This is not a racing incident. Uh, yeah. I think it's a, it's a crash. Uh, not, I don't think it was intentional at all. Uh, but I do think it was a crash, uh, that deserved his five second penalty. And I thought five seconds was enough. Um, I mean, it, it's nothing. You it should d- be more. I didn't think so. I think it should have been more. You th- I don't think so. I, I think it should have been 10 just for the fact that he went from, he was 
about to get second and went down to like what eighth ninth place yeah but there's nothing you can do for albon there like you can't say lewis has to fall behind albon where like if there was a case where if they uh they bumped wheels and albon was um you know behind by two seconds let's say you could send something on the radio saying lewis get you have to give the position to albon and that would benefit albon there's nothing here that could benefit albon i find um Actually, when I first saw this live, I thought it was a 50-50 incident as well. And then as the, every time I rewatched the replay, I'm like, oh, my God, it's just looking more yeah. like Lewis's fault. It yeah. just... But, and the big thing here is Albon was ahead. And it, we have a good, um, a very good rip or a question from a, a listener and a friend of mine, Greg, who says, uh, was the Albon-Hamilton situation a racing incident? Um he says that it sucks because the other incident was so fresh and similar. Um, it could it be intentional, but if it this was midfielder, say like Ocon versus Gasly, or mm-hmm. what we did see with Ocon versus uh, Kvyat uh, in that scenario yeah, yeah. that we, we showed you guys earlier, um, would have been such a big deal. Um, and I think the main difference what we saw in this this Ocon versus Kvyat incident is that um, if we play it here. Uh, you can see Ocon gets a little squirrelier. Kvyat goes around the outside, and Ocon will force him out wide here. Didn't crash into him, forced him out wide, but it could have been a very similar... Very similar, but I think the big difference is, is um, Kvyat just not getting ahead of him. Exactly, and that's exactly it, is that Kvyat yeah, was not ahead. ahead. Yeah. Um, was not ahead of the... And that he's saying, Kvyat's saying that's what caused the puncture, which you could see against, or the suspension failure, whatever it was, um, you know, probably from the curbs. Yeah, yeah I could say yeah, that. There has to be so. the curbs. Has yeah. to be from the curbs. Because uh, I don't think there was contact there unless it was rear wheel, rear wheel, which I couldn't see. No. Um, but uh, in the end, uh, I think that incident is is no one's fault. That's hard racing. Where in this one, Hamilton, I feel, needed to to give a little bit more room uh, due to the fact that Albon was ahead. Yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. I think definitely Lewis, I think, saw him getting up ahead. I think he saw the, the space was about to be taken. I think Lewis as a driver should have known he, sh- he should be giving that space. Yeah. And yeah, I think, you know, like if it was to go the opposite way, like do you think Lewis would have blamed Albon for the incident? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. yeah. See, like that's just it. You can't, you can't have it both ways, you know? <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it was secretly revenge for all the penalties that Red Bull is trying to get to <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and all the complaints. Um, but I mean, clearly we saw that this was a, a much bigger deal than the, that Ocon uh, Kvyat uh, midfield tussle, which it was answers the second part of this question as well. Yeah. Um, Reminder, if you guys have any questions, feel free to comment below or on our Twitter. We're always uh, interested in answering fan questions. So um, let us know if you have any other questions. So thanks, Greg, for that one. Yeah, and another part to uh, answer the second part of Greg's question, the reason why this one's way bigger because Albon possibly could have won the race after that incident versus Ocon and and, uh, Kvyat were battling for, you know, the last points position. So that was a bigger deal. Now, would uh, Albon have won the race had he passed Hamilton? I think he could have. Probably like with ten laps to go, fresh tires. Yeah, he probably could have. Yeah, seeing that Mercedes were really having to be careful with their cars. Shaker, Red Bull fanboy, Shaker doesn't think I so. I don't think he would have. <laughs> I, I think he would have caught up to Valtteri, but I think Valtteri was on a league of his own in that race. He said though that he was having to dodge some major bullets yeah. in the car. So I, I think that Mercedes. I think if you had well, someone pushing well, him, you know, like like if he was if he was right behind Botas and Botas had to. 
really use the curbs. Yeah. I don't know. That's, no, that's what I think. Because I think it would have changed the situation. We had two safety cars after that incident. And I think oh, yeah. we had two safety cars after that incident. You think if, if we had gotten maybe just one more safety car, I don't think he would have had that opportunity. That's, I inter- th- that's interesting. It, yeah, it's it's tough to... I think it's 50-50, but... With it, the for shape- sure, I, I, I that's what I'm saying. I'm not sh- absolutely sure that yeah. Alvon would have had that race. I know just because Mercedes are, are so dominant, you know, it's difficult to say, but I think that because they were limping home, and like if they can't get on the curbs and Albon can get on the curbs and push aggressively, I think that the car probably would have just fell apart. Because there was a bunch of what ifs. I think that that whole that Albon and Mercedes, uh, sorry, was it shortly after that the the Russell incident happened? Was it right before that? Oh, it's tough to remember. There were yeah. so many things. Yeah, because I think the Kimi incident happened after Albon. <laughs> To get poor, to that one after, poor Kimmy. Yeah, um, yeah. I just, I, I, I think there's a bunch of what ifs into that situation to for me to say that you know he would have won the race. I think yeah. he would have secured second place, 100%. podium at least. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, we can all agree on that. Yeah, for, and and that's why the incident was such a big deal was because it took away Albon's first podium. Yes, again. for sure. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And and yeah, I agree with uh, with your guys' assessment too. One hundred percent Hamilton's fault. Shaker, I would almost agree with you that the penalty maybe should have been stiffer, just because it knocked Albon out of the race yeah. and it knocked him at the bottom of the field. And Hamilton really kept his position in a way. So, yeah, I mean, like what he still came in fourth position, fifth yeah. position. So like it didn't really change much for Hamilton, even though he was at fault. Where Albon ended up getting what tenth, ninth? I don't even remember now. I think he retired. Did he not? You retired, oh, he yeah. did end up yeah. retiring, yeah. So, I don't know if it was from that damage exactly. I think but it was. It was, it would yeah. have had to be, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, had, his car was looking really good right before that, so. Yeah. Because I almost look at it, right, like if you have a car that's so good, maybe next time you're a little bit more inclined to be more aggressive, push the other driver off the track, oh, I got a five-second penalty, I can easily make that up in pace. Yeah. The one thing I will say about Albon is that uh, he needs to show a little more patience. Agreed. Yeah, that was going to be my next point. For, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was actually, what, what that was what, as soon as it happened, I was like, yo, Albon, you should have waited another yes. lap. Yeah. And then I resaw the incident. I was like, okay, well, I can see where you're coming from there. I, I, yeah. I agree. I, I think he should have been patient. Because um, I think situ- a similar situation to last year when the Max and Charles Leclerc happened and Charles was in first place, they didn't fault they didn't fault Max for it because you know he had what like another lap to go and they knew he was going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, th- yeah, I. There was so many. There's a bunch of different sh- circumstances for this for sure. Yeah, easy for us to say. I mean, he saw the yeah, gap well, he went for, sure. for oh, but. Yeah. When you look at the nature of that corner, it's downhill braking. It's it, there's not much like you can easily get pulled off the track. Obviously, mm-hmm. as we saw, right. Um, but I think that in that case, you need cooperation. I think Alex might've even said that too. You need cooperation from both the drivers and Hamilton just didn't cooperate no. and he should have backed out because we saw on the onboard there that Al- Albon was almost a good car lengths ahead of him. So he should have just backed out a little bit, let him go. And I, and he did that in the first lap. Uh, I think it was actually with Albon in the same corner almost where Hamilton backed off. But now, because it's a little bit farther into the race and he wants to hold his position, he didn't back off. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think he deserved the penalty for sure and, and was at fault in there. Um, and, yeah, Albon's just going to have to wait a little bit longer for his first uh, ever podium. Yeah, so was this actually Shaker this is, just pulled yeah, up? Yeah, this, this is the situation right This here, was actually, the race start. About. So there's Albon on the right, and there's... Uh... Yeah, I believe it was uh, it was the exact actually, no, same I think corner. It, no, it was uh, Max with that situation. I don't think it was Albon, was it? 
Max would have been ahead of this. This is, I think, this is Albon, yeah, because he's got the red helmet uh, on the top. So it was either in turn three or it was four, but I can't. But I remember seeing it almost like it was a very similar situation. So Albon's ahead after turn three, heading down into four. Oh man, they're close there. Positions reversed right now. So oh, so, so now it's Hamilton out on the outside. Oh, to be fair, Alvon did cut him off. A little bit there, eh? But he wasn't ahead. Hamilton wasn't ahead, you're right. So it was, Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. Hamilton actually did the right thing by pulling it out because he yeah. had no he right. He was not ahead. He was yeah. not ahead. He had no right to be making that overtake. Yeah. Maybe he, he wasn't happy being cut off twice. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it, it does say something. Red Bull were very, very vocal this weekend, weren't they? They tried to be. It's their home <laughs> track, man. Yeah. I mean, they they got Hamilton, well, I guess, two penalties, technically. I mean, the grid penalty was the big one where Hamilton had to start fifth rather yeah. than second. Um, and that came at, you know, last second, too. It was right before the race. And we're like, oh, my God. Yeah, literally but last second. I guess, I don't know how they get new evidence, you know, an hour before the race or whatever. Yeah, I mean. You, I don't know how the stewards well, have that. Apparently, the big thing was they didn't get all of the footage on time. I'm like, you're literally recording live yeah. <laughs> well, into so many servers, and you're telling me you did not get live footage. Well, Christian Horner said it was actually social media because people were posting the comparison of Max in Mexico last year failing to slow down for the yellow flag with Hamilton's incident. So it was actually like social media pressure of Red Bull and Max fans or people that hate Mercedes just <laughs> never posting guys, stuff. You guys did it. <laughs> never doubt the Dutch fans. <laughs> never doubt the Dutch fans. They're our biggest viewers. We love you guys. And thanks yeah. for giving us something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so good for you because it, apparently it worked. But yeah. I think somebody made the joke that Christian Horner is still trying to protest the DNF, <laughs> <laughs> putting the, putting in the complaint. So, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't work for the DAS. Yeah. Um, it worked obviously for the penalty. So, um, it, it really I honestly forgot about they complained about the DAS too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, to go through. Well, Christian Horner was on a lot during this race too. I mean, I know he's on a lot anyways, but it seemed like compared to any other uh, any other director, he was on yeah. the most. Well, the the three place grid penalty really didn't even make that much of a difference for Hamilton because no. before before not lo- or not long after they were one two and running away exactly. So um, yeah, but uh, we'll see any, any complaints come come across, come ugh, come upon us uh, this weekend. Um, we were just talking about Kimmy just before that. How funny was? Well, actually, it's not that funny. But I guess in a race where there's no crowd, it's a pretty good time to lose your wheel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank God. Well, it was lucky it stayed on the track. Thank God there was no crowd. But oh, how about that camera angle though? That slow mo camera that they have. Oh. Uh, and it caught it. Uh, yeah. That was a really nice yeah. replay. But yeah, that was. <laughs> um, I think it went like it. The whole wheel came off. It wasn't tethered, so it means it wasn't like I don't think the wheel was on properly. It was. He had a pit stop before that, right? It was. I think it was exactly a lap after his pit stop. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was right the, after the restart. Yeah, yeah, it was right after the restart. I think as soon as they picked up speed, it happened. It, you didn't even get. You didn't even get it to that high of a speed. It yeah. happened right away. I love so, his reaction too, and like he's like turned the wheel, and he's just like. Like, what is that? What is this? What happened? He was probably on the radio, like, I need gloves and wheel. Gloves and wheel. I need a wheel for now. Sure. <laughs> it was so, it was just a funny, like, failure, just the way yeah. it just falls right off yeah. mid corner. Yeah. We haven't yeah. seen a runaway tire like that in a long time. Yeah, too. yeah it has been yeah. a long time. 
It was, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, throwback to like 12 to 15 years ago when there was a lot of DNFs. It was and common, we were, yeah. We were losing tires. Seriously. You know, like. Yeah, it was just flying off into fans <laughs> and stands and everything. Yeah, it was a little bit of a throwback uh, classic Austrian race. Yeah. Um, what I think, else? I think... Uh, there's only Racing Point? Yeah, it was, I, had, uh, I think that was I think the only other thing we haven't talked about. Um, honestly, I think a little bit disappointing of a weekend for Racing yeah, Point. Yeah, it think, was. It was. I think uh, from what they showed in qualifying and... Pra- and, and uh, Practice? Practice? Yes, that's the one. It's <laughs> <laughs> like forgetting the word. Um, yeah, it's like Sergio Perez was really holding it down. And then I, I just... I just don't... Playing stroll, man. Well, I mean, the, the, oh, if you're <laughs> talking not, about qualifying, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because no. in the race, he did have the engine issue. Yeah, but, not uh, his fault. Yeah, no, I agree. That was not his fault. Well, but. see, this is the problem though. Now is when you have a good car, it's going to expose your talent. Yeah. And yeah. I think we're seeing that he's not as good as Sergio Perez. Well, no, I don't think anyone. I think everyone knew that though. Um, but I still think he's a very good driver. Like he had it. You saw that. His struggles last year to get even close, really during qualifying. His qualifying has improved for from sure. Last it time. has, that, and he's a much better race driver than he is a qualifying driver, which is a huge thing to remember as well. Um, so I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, yeah, his qualifying wasn't great, but it was still still made it to Q three. He still made Q three, yeah. which is very good. Um, and you know, the racing point car didn't perform as good as we thought it was going to be. So again, not totally his fault. Um, and it's the first race of the season, so yeah, everyone's shaking off the rest. And if I'm not mistaken, Perez still finished sixth, 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 right? Yeah, I think behind Hamilton and yeah. Sainz. Yeah. yeah, yeah, behind Sainz. So again, not terrible. And, and like I said, we're a little bit hard, or I was a little bit hard on Stroll. I guess he did obviously not finish the race because of the engine issue. So had he not had that, I don't know where he would have finished. He was seventh, kind of the, maybe, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah, most likely ahead of Vettel. Um. I don't know if Leclerc would have gotten ahead of him, but the car looks good, like in practice and in qualifying. The car a car looks good. Yeah. But I think that McLaren, maybe people underestimated them a little bit, and I think that battle for fourth is going to be pretty interesting. Battle yeah. for fourth, battle for third. Yeah. <laughs> battle for third, that's battle right. For third. Third, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good Actually, point. it's a battle for second right now. It is, yeah. yeah. I mean, Red Bull are got no points. They have zero points. They're not even in... Well, they are. Yeah, and I think... Uh, they're below Williams. They are. Do you think if similar things keep happening to Albon um, this year, I mean, not getting a podium, not getting, you know, points and stuff, he's going to be in a similar situation to Gasly as next year? I mean, I know it's very early on to ask that question. I mean, it's only the first race of the year, but... Well, it's a good question, though, because it actually brings up another sort of driver market rumor, which is going on, that Renault are going to announce their driver decision come this Wednesday. That's right. And they're saying that it is a driver that they have worked with in the past. So, I mean, uh, we put out a poll on Twitter asking, is it Hulkenberg, Alonzo, Julian Palmer? Kevin Magnuson has drove, driven for them before. That's right. Um, you know, some people were even suggesting Alain Prost, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. Um, um, but if they're saying they've worked with them before, do they mean a junior driver? That's what. That's another. Somebody commented that saying it was uh, Guayanju or Joe, if I'm yeah, pronouncing it correctly. He had a very good F2 race, by the way. Um, I think he retired because of engine. I want to say something went wrong in his car. Yeah. Um, but he was dominating the F2 feature race. Um, uh, is Jack Aiken? Is he with? He's with Williams. He's with Williams now. He was a Renault driver though. 
Making his uh, practice debut, actually. That's right. Yeah. FP1, he's racing. Yeah, on Friday, right? Yeah. Uh, so another British driver coming up that is supposed to be pretty good. And he has been good enough, too. I've been watching him. Um, but, uh, no, it'll be very interesting. Uh, who do you guys think it's going to be? If I had to put my money on it, I'd say it's Hulkenberg. Yeah, <laughs> I'll 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 be different. I'll say I'll, and I'll was, I'll get the conspiracy. I wasn't too sure. I thought it would have been Alonso, but the more I think about it, like sure, Hulkenberg's never won a race, but he's such a consistent. Like he's, he's good. He's, man. Good, he's cheaper. Man. He's good. He's yeah, cheaper. he's consistent. He's good. Like he's everything that Renault needs, and I mean he was there. So I mean, like he's gonna. It's they're not gonna have a huge variations in their car. Like, he's only gonna miss like what technically six months because the season yeah. didn't go all year. Yeah. So I think. I think it makes sense to go for Hulkenberg. But Hulkenberg should be an F1 instant crying. For that he's sure. Not. Absolutely. Um, but I'll be fun and say Alonzo. Okay. Because why not? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I'm it's a big possibility. But I'm definitely leaning for Hulkenberg. Yeah. 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 We'll see if, I mean, it's just a rumor at this point. So, uh, but they do need to find a replacement. So we'll see on Wednesday. Yeah. If they actually, if they even announce it. Hopefully they do. Yeah. Well, you never know. Um, all right. Anything else from, uh, from the Austrian Grand Prix? I think. I mean, obviously, there was a ton of incidents. We didn't go through every little minor one, like, you know, the Haas brake failures or, or different things we, like that. We even talked about that, actually, a little bit, so we're good. We did in the beginning, yeah, right? Yeah, we're good. okay, yeah. yeah. There we uh, go. Congrats to Valtteri Bottas. Oh, yeah, he won the race. Yeah. Uh, we should say uh, he did, dominated. Did, sorry, on oh, yeah, that any was pressure. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should talk about the race winner. Valtteri 3.0. Um, Valtteri was phenomenal. Fantastic Holy. Um, I think this is his year to win it. Okay. It's got to be. He did not take any pressure from that was coming on from the team or Lewis from behind him. He handled the entire weekend so well. I, I, he, I agree. I think def, this is definitely his year. I think if he wants to stay on the Mercedes team and prove that he's a winner and a world champion, I think this is definitely his year. I could see him pulling a Rosberg and winning and retiring. Yeah. Making room for Vettel. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Mercedes. Man, I... I I agree. I think that this is going to be a great year for Valtteri. He's definitely he's on fire. He's he, he looks like he's in a different mood and different yeah. mindset for this year for sure. Now we said that last was it not last year the year before that we did say and that last year, he started, but he started really well. No, we did say that last year, but uh, last year what happened was he got shafted by James. Oh right, James, <laughs> and he got divorced. And oh, that's true. He got a new that. woman in his life now. Oh. Oh, good yeah. for you, Valtteri. Yeah, he's got a new woman. Maybe that's the key. Yeah. It could also go completely the other way, too. Okay. <laughs> good. Uh, but no, he was phenomenal. And I, yeah, I think it's this year for Valtteri. Hopefully he can. If there's anyone that I want to see, if a Mercedes driver is going to win the championship. They will. Uh, which they will, probably. I want to see it to be Bottas because I think he deserves it. Uh, he's raced so well. And uh, it's nothing against Hamilton, but I would like to see someone else win the championship. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you there. I just don't, yeah. Like, I would love to see Bottas win. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. I, because th- I, I, this is technically his, like, he's not signed on for contract another, year. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I think he's got to prove himself this year. Becomes world champion, he either gets re-signed with Mercedes or he goes to another team. You know, that's yeah. going to be in the similar position, this similar position to to be challenged for world uh, world titles. So. Yeah, and with the shortened season, right, this is a great chance for him. For so. sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, he kind of faded toward the end of the season, so maybe he can keep up his form enough for, you know, 10, 12 races, however many we get. But, yeah, off to a good start for him so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it is. Um, keep it up, Valtteri. Yeah, we don't <laughs> Keep it up. Uh, yeah, any final thoughts on the race then? 
I'm just very excited for next week. I'm uh, interested. I'm keenly interested. Yeah. Very. I'm like immediate. That's the my, my immediate thought after the race ended. I was like, how is this going to play out next week? Now, with all the like, with everything that happened this week, it's going to be a completely different situation. So it should be a very good race in terms of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's very interesting. And it's nice that the standings are a little bit shuffled up now. For and, sure. You know, if we have more reliability and all the cars are able to finish, where do the racing points slot in there? Will the Ferrari upgrades bring any surprises? You know, how can some of the other midfield teams like Alfa Romeo and Alfa Tauri uh, jump up in there? So, yeah, it's 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 hard to predict. Um, I think Mercedes are, are definitely the favorites again to win the race. But behind them, what's going to happen? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Could see another McLaren on the podium. We could. We could. It, it could be the ex- not the exact very same. Very big but possibility for yeah. sure. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Really looking forward to it. I know. First of the, or second of the triple header. Coming We're looking up. forward to an F1 season for the first time in a it's little nice. bit. It's nice. Yeah. Oh. It's very nice. Fair <laughs> to last seasons. Yeah. And one thing we have missed is uh, hearing from our fans. So please yes. comment uh, down below. Any thoughts that you had um, from the 2020 Austrian Grand Prix? Um, F1 fantasy yeah, rankings? Yeah, I was just about to mention yes. that, too. Yeah, like, we could do that. I, right. I definitely forgot. I did forget to do my team as well. So, um, so I'm, we're giving you guys... And you know what? What actually happened is we're giving you guys a head start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how we did it. I think I I might have changed my team, but then I think I picked a lot of Red Bull drivers. So That's not good. Forget it. Yeah. That's yeah. not good. Um, but, yeah, a reminder that our F1 fantasy is going back on this year. Um, and we will be taking part. We'll put, be putting our teams in this year. Um, but uh, you can join. Uh, where can you join? What's so the, it's on our Twitter. All the go. info's Thanks. on our Twitter, including uh, the standings after race week one. Um, and you'll be able to find the leak code. It's in a thread uh, on that tweet. So we'll post all that up. So yeah. we'll just keep it open and anybody can join at any time. Yep. And uh, yeah, winners at the end of the season uh, will receive uh, a nice prize from the GP box. And the more people that join, we'll be able to give out some more prizes to That's right, the top sure. three. We'll have our own little podium in that case. So That's right. And make sure you guys check out the GP box and click in the or click the link and <laughs> click click the link uh, below to make sure you use our promo code and make sure it's our promo code. Uh, that'd be very very grateful if you want to check out some cool merch stuff. Yeah, and we also got our website, uh, the Backmarkers F1 Show, yep. or sorry, tbmf1show.com. Uh, putting some articles up there. You can find the audio version of the podcast as well. And then, of course, all of our other social channels are all available for you to follow. And uh, yeah, next coming up for us will be the, the power rankings of the drivers and the teams after the Austrian Grand Prix. And in a couple of days' time, we've got the Styrian Grand Prix. So very much looking forward to it. Uh, keep in contact with us on Twitter. Send us any questions like Tyler said or any thoughts that you have on the race. We always love to uh, interact and hear different opinions. And it kind of uh, educates us a little bit more, too. We kind of see some incidents yeah. into different light. And when we're not experts, so, you know. Yeah. We're there. We're getting there. Are we? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that's good. People seem to want to talk to us, so I think we're getting there. Well, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> about 1,200 people that think that way, so <laughs> take it. Yeah, we'll take it. Um, any, any final thoughts? No, I think that's it. Let's steer right into the steering Grand Prix. Uh, Good to have you back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> almost, it almost worked. Uh, we'll still have really bad puns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, as always, we really appreciate everybody sticking with us, and uh, great to have you guys back watching our channel. And uh, we'll be soon. We'll be back soon in a couple of days with more content. Really hope you guys enjoy the racing. Thanks for joining us, and have yourself a good day. 